I do not pretend to be omniscient mm -hmm. and that I'm ever going to be. That's something that's only for God. But there are some things that I can know and I can steward what I know at this point. We're really limited human beings. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of our created nature. And so to try to break out of that Mm. is unwise and will produce anxiety. Why? Well, we're made in the image of God, but we're not him. And yeah. that's not only okay, it's good. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast. I'm going to let you in on a secret. The entire show up to this point has actually been one big elaborate ruse to get you to this moment so that you could hear what I'm about to say right now. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Oh, and here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, hey, welcome to the Really Real Podcast, episode 78, a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. Here's what we've got on tap for the show today in Need a Refill. I'm going to be talking about the Olympics and how I kind of miss the Summer mm -hmm. Olympics that we had a few months back. Oh, yeah. But if there's one silver lining out of the pandemic, it's that we now are going to have the Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics six months apart, yes. which is kind of wild. Then we've got Multiverse of Madness. In this specific alternate reality, Kara is going to walk us through a world that is exactly the same as our current world, okay. but with three critical changes, <laughs> one that may have an effect on each of us. I shudder to think. Uh -huh. And then in Yelp the World, Isaac is going to be reviewing... COVID-19. Oh, wow. <laughs> you yeah. just bit the whole thing yeah. off right there. <laughs> My answer might surprise me. <laughs> a Yelp I give it like a five star. A Yelp review of COVID-19. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a good one. I'd love I promise. to see if it could even pull out like a star. A's, yeah. yeah. Like, we'll, is, we'll or get there. or, or if this is just going to be like an angry person on the internet ripping a restaurant that you know, didn't bring their food out in time. I, I, but I the Isaac my, version of that. With I wore my rage sandals. So rage sandals. We'll wow. there. And then coming up uh, on our plus one conversation today, Justin Rusinowski joins us. He is the chaplain here at Real FM, and he's going to join us for a conversation on this word epistemology. Mm. You guys familiar <laughs> with this word? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I think probably a smart person said it to me and I was yeah. just completely disassociated. So I didn't, <laughs> exactly. I didn't hear it. It's one of those ology words yep. that unless you know suffixes and prefixes and Which how all these words go together and what they mean. Normal humans do not. Yeah. yeah. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. Okay. So we're going to be talking to Justin about the study of knowledge. What is knowledge? How do we know what knowledge yeah. is? which sounds all really heady and kind of abstract. But I think if you really stop to think about it, it actually has a lot of practical ramifications sure. for our lives and how mm. we live. Everyone has an epistemology. Everyone has an understanding of how we can know what is true, right. even if we don't think about it. But what if we made it a conscious thing? If we thought right. about it a little bit, how might that affect our lives and the way we think about God, the way we think about each other, our relationships? Mm. So we're yeah. going to be talking about that with Justin. I think it's actually going to be a really good conversation because yeah. every conversation with Justin has been I mean, a really yeah, good conversation. So good. He's going to help break some of this down for us. I'm looking forward to that. First, let's talk about what everyone is drinking today. Um, 
<laughs> Kara actually brought drinks for today. I so did. I feel like we kind of need to start with you, Kara. Yes, I got to explain this. Okay, okay, so we were listening to our most recent podcast, my husband and I, uh-huh. on a road trip. You guys were talking about the sparkling apple cider mm-hmm. from Aldi that you love. Yes. We happened to have some drinks that we bought recently at a store, and Cody was like, you have to take these to Isaac and Anson and have them try them. They are flavored ginger ale. Yeah. So there's I love ginger ale. I thought maybe you did. I really do. So there's blackberry ginger oh ale and That's cranberry so ginger ale. Yes. And when I left the house this morning, he was like, take these. I was like, okay. Blackberry ginger ale. I've got the cranberry. Amazing. Going in. I love ginger ale so much. Yeah. So, this so is I figured be... this would be something you would enjoy. Oh, that is good. I'm not necessarily a ginger ale person, but I think they're good. No, this is very good. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm going to drink soda, right? something like this is about, about what I want. About your speed. Yeah, this is very, yeah. very good. I know it's not as healthy as like your sparkling and water And we are, stuff, we, are, we are drinking Canada Dry. This episode brought to you by I like. Caps. I love tart fruit flavors yeah. like mm-hmm. cranberry or like the cranberry limeade yes. kind of yeah. stuff or like blackberry stuff. So I thought you both kind of did. This is so right I up my alley. This is yeah, your this jam. Is very, very yeah. good. Give Cody our regards on these. Please. Please. Thank you for bringing them yeah. for us. I do also have to point out while we're on the topic that I have heard from no less than like seven different people <laughs> after our last episode yeah. who said, I went to Aldi. <clears throat> yes. I, know. I tried to find yeah. the the cranberry sparkling cider. Yes. And it was gone. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, because it Apparently, was a seasonal thing. Yeah, fall seasonal thing. <laughs> and we made it like a week too late. My wife tried to find these. I know you did. Several uh, other coworkers have actually mentioned to me that they went and tried to find that's them. So a couple funny. friends. Like I've heard from a bunch of different people. Though, like They really took your recommendation to heart. I really wish I had cherished them while I had them. I had no idea that like my last <laughs> one gone so soon. that I just absentmindedly <laughs> drank while playing video games. Like, had uh, I known, I seriously probably would have rationed them the way people do with like craft right. beers. Yeah. I would have been there like, that's my last cranberry sparkling Sifted cider. over the course of like several weeks. Yeah, like recarbonate it every time I put it back. Wow, yeah. serious yeah. stuff. So, They're so good. Year. I guess we'll have to wait till next year. On next those. year. Oh, these, these will tie me over, I think. This yeah. What are I, you drinking over there? I have a. That looks fancy. Chia banana boost peanut butter whey protein smoothie. <laughs> Say that five times. Wow. That's <laughs> just a lot in there. Yes. It's really good. This is my go-to if I'm in a rush and I forgot oh. lunch or I like I'm on the way to work and I'm like, I don't want to come back out and get lunch. I'm yeah. going to get yeah. the smoothie, stick it in the freezer, nice. have it later. And it's got enough substance that it'll sort of nice. carry me over. And so. I heard peanut butter, which. Yeah, that never good. hurts. That was part of it. Chia so. banana boost with peanut butter. Hard to miss with peanut butter. That's yeah. right. All right. Let's talk about what is on repeat for everyone this week i'll kick us off this week i am really enjoying drive by sam rivera i really love this song because it's kind of that i seem to be going back to these types of songs at the moment <laughs> but kind of that faux 80s pop song that very much has the windows down driving like the i mean it's literally called drive yeah road trip vibes but normally when you listen to like a road trip song, it tends to be kind of just like, we're in a car, we're going down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nature's cool. The wind <laughs> in my hair. Like yeah. Just, I don't know. It, it tends to be kind of vapid, yeah. not in a bad way, yeah. but just, it's just, that's kind of the point of the song, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. we're just cruising and having a good time and it's great. Yeah. I really like this because it's used as a metaphor for his relationship with God. Oh. And so it's like, we're going on this drive in the car, but this is me and you, God, going on this journey together right and here's what i'm learning over the course of this drive with you i pulled out the uh, words to the second verse here which i thought was kind of interesting my thoughts are clearing the further i go the more that i listen your words are healing the things i don't know you tell me the meaning finally seeing not about the destination 
It's all about the tracks we're making. Wow. Kind of this cliche of it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, but applied to his relationship with God, specifically in this verse, talking about some really specific ways that that is happening. The further I walk with you, Mm -hmm. the more my thoughts clear, the more that I listen, the more you heal me, the more meaning I understand. I think it's actually kind of relevant to the conversation we'll be having with Justin a little bit later in the show. God's truth, like Mm -hmm. as he speaks to us over the course of a a long period of time and how we grow in our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I just really like how that's conveyed and reflected in this song Mm -hmm. that's all wrapped up in this 80s pop windows (laughs) down driving song. Yeah, It's kind of a cool concept, I think. That's a good package. Yeah. I am listening to Lights in the City by Tadashi. A couple of things here. Number one, this is one of those songs that it feels like it's simultaneously upbeat and chill at the same time. I had a crazy busy day today and on my way to my first appointment, I was like, all right, this song is going on and it made me both pumped up and like, I can do this, but also like, ah, take a deep breath. I don't yeah, have to yeah. like panic. It wasn't right. like a panic <laughs> level of pump yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good song. I love it musically, but also lyrically. I found out it's referring back to Jeremiah 29, seven, which talks about seeking the welfare of the city, mm. wherever God puts you. And that's kind of the concept behind this song reminds us that we have the light of Christ in us. So let's keep lighting our light, shine in the city. And then he says, basically, hang in there. Don't ever let that light go out, even when we struggle to find our way, because Mm. God is with us. And ultimately, his love is what's lighting things up. On repeat this week for me is Stages by Joseph O'Brien. First of all, whenever someone has like an O'Brien or O'Patrick in their name, I want to go, <laughs> O'Brien! Like, I, it's like probably my worst quality. If you, if you could do that from now on, that would be great. Joseph O'Brien! <laughs> so anyway. Always. Got that taken care of. Yeah. I love this song so much. This is one of the songs that lyrically, once I started listening to it, really listening to it, rather than just kind of having it on mm-hmm. just noise, I started going, oh, let's slow down. Let's really listen to this because this is hitting me in a pretty good way right now. Mm. Yeah. Particularly the chorus in stages. You love me even in the changes. I'm not constant. You hold me when I'm exhausted. Mm. Stages don't change your love. Good gosh. (laughs) I am in a season where there's really great highs, but also some pretty gnarly lows right now. Kind of accepting the inconsistency on my part, but then knowing that I'm still loved is really comforting right now. Mm. And Hit the spot. I had the same exact reaction to this song the first time I heard it. I don't know which way you are. My wife and I had this conversation the other day. I am very much a music first listener Mm -hmm. to a new song. So when I hear a song, like I'm honestly not even really listening to the lyrics very yeah. closely. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. absorbing the like feel of it. Same. Yeah. Whereas my wife, her first listen to a song is all about the words. And yeah. that's what she's paying attention to. Yeah. So like this didn't hit me until the second or third time through. Right. Kind of what the message of the song really was and had yeah. that same feeling of like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like that is, it's a very like, like because it, the, musically it feels kind of just like a feels lighthearted. Yeah, it feels kind of like a lighthearted pop song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really was like, good. wow, there's a surprising amount of depth. I feel like. Yeah. This. And it's not mm-hmm. one of those songs where it's like a um, an explicit like, God, I fall on my knees before you. Right. But like this guy's on go to records like it's a Christian song, but it has this level of intimacy between our relationship with God that mm-hmm. I really find comforting mm-hmm. where it like it yeah. is intimate. Like this yeah. could apply to a loving partner, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is meant to be from the perspective of my relationship with God. And that's just such a cool mm-hmm. I geek out over this. I know that I'm always I'm always with this. 
I think that that's just so great because knowing that profound love is still there regardless of where I'm at, like I can't dodge it or get out of it is just so nice to know and be reminded of. So Joseph (laughs) (laughs) O'Brien. I need more of that. The average adult makes more than 35,000 decisions per day. Combine this overwhelming reality with our chronic lack of sleep and skyrocketing anxiety, and you have a crisis which can no longer be ignored. Condiment fatigue. If you find yourself blankly staring at your food, starving but paralyzed by your inability to decide which sauce will bring your meal to completion, (laughs) we can help. Introducing Heinz Mayo Must Barber Ranch Up, combining all of your favorite sauces into one. Tastes great on hot dogs, burgers, fries, mac and cheese, raw chicken, apple pie, and more. Heinz Mayo Must Barber Ranch Up. Why choose just one when you can have them all? Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! I need a refill on the Olympics. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Fact. I love the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some people who listened to uh, Kara and I's live show on Real <laughs> FM Radio in, when was that, August? Yeah. And after about two weeks of listening to us talk uh, about basically nothing but the Olympics, oh, yeah. we're like absolutely sick of us. No yeah. So if you're not an Olympics person, I apologize. Yeah. But I'm an Olympics person. Yeah. And I am There's too. something Same. about them. It's the perfect... <laughs> so good. It's the perfect... <laughs> intersection of sports mm. and drama yeah. yes. and like human interest yeah. yep. and the stories of like perseverance yeah. rising to a chat. I don't know. It's like all of that wrapped up in one thing yeah. in and, like two weeks. And everybody's watching it at once. Right. So yeah, you're it's all a shared experience. A shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. We're finally happy about something together instead of trying <laughs> oh, yeah. to kill each other on the internet. <laughs> For sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So many good things. Yeah. So I loved watching the Olympics back in August yes. and the one good thing about the pandemic is that because the summer olympics were delayed Mm -hmm. now we've got the winter olympics coming up in february and so we have like the shortest ever amount of time between the summer olympics and the winter olympics so hard Mm -hmm. and we get to turn it right back around so i'm curious do you guys prefer the summer olympics or the winter olympics or do you have a preference that's a good question. They added mountain biking and rock climbing this to year. To the Summer Olympics. And yeah. I sat on my couch in Colorado <laughs> watching. I like gluttony level, like yeah. sloth level, just That's did nothing awesome. but sit on the couch and watch the Olympics this last year. And that was really cool. But I am a winter Olympic dude. I just think forever. Yeah. Are you? I yeah. think I prefer the winter. I just have good memories of the winter Olympics. This is actually kind of fun. When my husband and I started dating was the last time the winter Olympics were happening. Oh, ah, so nice. that's a very key moment in our relationship where we yeah. watched some of it together mm-hmm. at the very beginning. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. There's a lot of good memories associated yeah, with yeah. it. I think one of my favorite things about the Olympics is watching sports that I don't really know or sure. follow yeah. or understand very well. Stuff yeah. that's like pretty niche, but also you can watch it and you can appreciate oh my goodness the skill at which these people are doing this they also do a great job of giving you like an athlete's backstory right before they go on yes so So you you care yeah you might not connected you don't appreciate (laughs) curling until you know that jorgen von stickelspiel (laughs) had to like ride a bicycle to the curling practice 30 miles a day in the snow and then you're like oh he's going on i love 
this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's just something about all these niche winter sports. I think. Yeah, like, yeah. The winter ones just seem like that much more out <laughs> yeah, there yeah. and weird. Like you get like yeah. curling and speed skating and some of these things where yeah. just like they're not very popular, certainly in the places that I grew up. Oh, or yeah. I, right. You know, in my culture or my experience. Yeah. Some of the really funky ones I actually really like watching like winter biathlon. What? Cross-country skiing and then like shooting targets and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, like that they're really fun. interesting to me. There's actually a guy, I have no idea what his name is, but he's the color commentator for cross-country skiing events. This guy, just, <laughs> I love listening to him talk about cross-country skiing Yeah, because you just listen to him talk and you can tell like there is nothing more important in the world yes. to this man than cross-country skiing. <laughs> yeah. like he lives and dies, eats and breathes, right. skiing across yes. vast quantities of snow Which is for hilarious. hours at a time. I ski long. <laughs> that <laughs> is what I do. I just, I think Isaac has mentioned this before that like for his personality, if he comes across somebody that's just like super into something, yes. he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. I'm into that too. Right. Like, yeah. I'm on board with you. And at least as far as the Olympics are concerned, I'm the same way. Like it's very compelling. Yeah, I hear these singular get, like, focus. really excited about this thing. And I'm yeah. like, okay, all of a sudden I'm on Wikipedia, yeah. like looking yes. up all the world records and the details yes. of like how the sport works and all this stuff. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. There's something for all those so reasons. pure about someone who is so single-minded and mm. like that is so clearly what they're about you can't help but be about it too when they're talking because yeah. you're just like you're they live and die by ski long right. <laughs> that's what i do and i don't even remember who it was what the event was or anything but i do have a memory of the last winter olympics there was some women's i think cross-country skiing race where like it came right down to the end there was like a sprint right to the end and they like literally are like sticking the skis out across the finish line yes yeah. who's gonna win and this guy like, oh, I yeah. thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. He was having yeah. a conniption yeah. on the air. Like, just, oh, who's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my That's life. That's the like, best. Inject yeah. cross-country skiing into my face. The Olympics are that <laughs> that thing happening, like, extrapolated. Like, right. over 500 events. Yeah. yeah. So you go like, oh, man, that was crazy. And they're like, and now. <laughs> Let's like, do it again. Curling, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, here we go again, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can't wait. So good. So awesome. Get ready for the multiverse of madness. Things are about to get really weird. We're about to jump on that ginormous spaceship. You want to come? All right, get ready to jump into this alternate reality, my friends. In today's alternate universe, most things are exactly the same. So I want you to picture, have you guys seen this movie yesterday? No. Yesterday. No, I haven't. Okay. You need to watch this movie. Okay. First of all, this is amazing. It's about a guy. He's a musician. He like hits his head, gets in an accident, wakes up the next day, starts talking about the Beatles and playing the Beatles songs and nobody knows who the Beatles are. Ah. (laughs) And he knows all the songs. So it's just like a world where the Beatles never existed. Right. Except he remembers all of them. And so he becomes, you know, super famous and writes all their stuff. Anyway. Ah. So that's where we're living here. I want you to imagine, Isaac, you are hopping on your bike in the morning. Yes. You're headed down to poor John's for your morning injection of caffeine. Yes. And you walk up to the counter and you're like, it smells a little different in here. Instead of coffee behind the counter, you find it has become a milk bar. (laughs) A a milk bar? A milk bar. bar. And you're like, no, this can't be right. I got to go down the street to cafe. It's a prank. It has to be. It's got to be a prank. You go to cafe again. A milk bar. Oh, no. You run up the street to Seven Brew. No. 
It's a milk bar. It's seven, so it's just seven milks. It's just like seven milk, milk yeah. with with cream and sugar. <laughs> Various. You could have like oat milk, chocolate milk, yes, yeah, okay, whole Wait, milk. Right. I mean, you could still put vanilla and hazelnut and all that in right, it. You know, yes. there would be Just purists because, who are like, "Oh, yeah. vitamin D is the only it's milk like, that I drink." Exactly. It's like all the coffee, coffee drinks, culture, but with the coffee sucked out of it. <laughs> that, oh Basically, my gosh. pour oh. overs with milk. Yes, <laughs> Just milk going into more milk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So that's your world, Isaac. What are you feeling right now? How are you coping? We were, okay, with this? we were talking off mic before we jumped on about how I had a milkshake last weekend and I've been like systematically just dying because of it over like three days. Because you don't do super great with I dairy do so anyway. Bad with okay. So, yeah. So when I'm hearing that the thing that pretty much fuels my life right. has been replaced by the thing that wants to kill Destroy me. You. It's just, it's just, and not only that, but like the culture with it too. Yes. I just like, I don't know. I love coffee so much because like I talked to a guy for like 30 minutes about coffee alone over the right. weekend. Right. It was a good conversation because it's just an interest that you could talk about. Totally. Yeah. I could not do that with chocolate milk. That's a good point. <laughs> like, I, so this is my question. It's like even knowing that it's not good for you yeah. or that you might not like the taste. Would you try? Would you still? Like would you try to engage with the culture just because you would miss you would that? You miss it. Or I, is like taking the coffee yeah. out of it. No. I, I'm gonna have to go even. find something I would else. probably pop a lactate pill and, and just dive straight in. <laughs> just go for I, it. I would just go all in yeah. and have a permanent stomach ache. Yeah. Oh, what would be your ice. preferred milk drink? Oh man. Well, I probably knowing me, I would probably end up being a purist doing <laughs> yeah. like the just whole, milk. Vi- whole. Like, vi- out of like a glass bottle. Yeah. Like yes. that would be plain whole milk. Ice no. at like 33 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. just above freezing temperature. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like, like you. milk? Like just I milk. hate the it. Taste no. of it. Yeah, I, I will drink like the pink yeah. strawberry chocolate Nesquik. That is so good. That, okay. yeah, that is, that's fair. I, I have been like going through hearts before and I'll just get a little individual one. And <laughs> I feel I'll like that would be it. like the mainstream Starbucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. So not only would you have to like give up your coffee culture, your favorite would be like the trashy like the, strawberry yeah. quick. Yeah, but would, and all I these would, people drinking their like high class vitamin D milk. milk and yeah, you're just gonna have to like hold your nose and only drink it. comes from the yeah. grass fed cows in the backyard. Yeah. I, I yeah. know, I know myself enough to know that's yeah, where I go. That's where you go. Hundred <laughs> percent. It would be bad. Uh, Poor Isaac. It's okay. so bad. So Isaac's having a rough day. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anson wakes up. He's trying to get going in the morning. How he normally gets going just pops in his earbuds and cranks up some tunes. So pops in those earbuds, uh-huh. pushes the play button. Nothing happens. Yep. Oh, no. He's like, this is weird. Are my batteries dead? No. He pulls his phone out of his pocket. Spotify is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Or Real FM. Oh. Or any music he's like who took all the music off this is ridiculous oh my so then he goes back inside and he's like honey have you seen where is all the music gone from my phone and do you what's going on are your spotify messed up just like what are you what are you talking about <sighs> dre who's drinking her morning glass of milk. yes exactly <laughs> surprise the overlap she's like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about honey i i'm listening to my morning ted talk right now oh and no. i don't have what what is this thing you're speaking of music what do you what is that here we've been listening to this ted talk all week my friend the other day told me about these ted talks oh no <laughs> A universe with no music. Music has been replaced with TED Talks. TED Talks. <laughs> is, it, is it just podcasts or is it only exclusively TED Talks? Well, that's a good just, question. Just TED Talks. Just TED Talks. I love that. Uh, no, not really. 
Yeah, but not really. Oh yeah. my! Yeah, an existential. Wow, that would be wild to not right? have any music. It was hard be... almost to even imagine. I know yeah. what that would be like. What would life be like without music? It'd Just listening so... to other people talk about how they became the number one like <laughs> penny whistle player in I the lo- world. I love that it's TED Talks too. Uh, I know. Yeah. Like things. I mean. TED Talks sometimes are kind of interesting. Yeah, like, but if that's all... But, but yeah, like, think about, like, why you turn on music. The context in which I listen to music probably most often is as, like, an accompaniment to another activity. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I want to listen to music while I'm working. Right. If I'm trying to listen to a TED Talk where someone's, like, breaking down a bunch of statistics on, like, mm-hmm. something, and, and then, like... The history yeah. of benches. <laughs> The history of benches. Yes. Dree really excitedly presents Anson their newest update. Look what I found. Completely would not fulfill. The migration patterns of hummingbirds. That would not fulfill. It's not the same. My goals for like why I would listen to music at all. No. So, or like. You listen to music to like help kind of augment like a certain mood yes. or something. That none would do of that. none of that. No. <laughs> that would be so sad. It would just be draining. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. Wouldn't life be exhausting without music? It like, really would be. Yeah. How do you do that? On, <laughs> on top of then like the replacement is it's the worst. Listening. <laughs> a lecture. People, it's yeah. a lecture. Yeah. People <laughs> are lecturing, you're lecturing you. Instead of emotional support. Yeah. Which I feel like it's basically what music is. I would argue that yeah. like no possible Lecturing. good vibe could possibly. I be know, so. right? Like you walk into a place and they're playing cool music. Like it has a good vibe to yeah. it. You're like, oh, this is kind of a cool space. Right. But when you walk into the milk bar <laughs> and they're playing a TED talk on the history of benches, yeah. like, oh yeah, you can tell this this is a really high class milk cool bar because yeah. they're playing yeah. their yeah. TED, they're playing their TED talks the on N- vinyl. The NPR version. <laughs> Because we would never have had music. Right. So, like, all of the recording oh. equipment, like, there would be vinyls of just <laughs> TED, talk. TED Talks. Ugh. Would so TED I'm... Talk festivals happen? <laughs> like, with beach balls? Probably, and... yeah. Paint the faces and the yeah, Concerts would and... definitely feel a little different. Okay. Like enjoying yeah, the moshing to like the migrationary patterns yeah. of birds. Ooh, like, this is a good one. <laughs> like, it's so funny. There you go. Okay, I'm kind of nervous about yeah. where are we taking like, them? Yeah. These have been two big, pretty big, big yeah. chunks out of life here. Yeah. So what's this third All one? All right. So my personal torture in this alternate universe, I go to visit my brother and sister-in-law back uh-huh. in Nebraska. And usually when I go visit them, at their house, we kind of take a break from the family gathering in the middle of the day, and I go over there to hang out with them because they have, I kid you not, six or seven cats. Nice. Okay. And so I'm like, I need to go pet yeah. the cats. Go hang out with the cats. Get around the cats. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I walk into their house, uh-huh. and it is a mess. I mean, it looks like some sort of animal is living there. But I look around, and on the back of their couch, I see two possums oh no (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like uh guys did you know there's some possums on your couch like this is a problem there's and they're like oh yeah no they're they're great they they, they just just gotta get used to you they're really friendly you walk up next to them they hiss at you like a possum hiss terrifying terrifying. no really they're really they're really sweet i've only like come across a possum like in close proximity just a couple times and yep. like they're, and they're they hiss like an alligator they're, 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 full they're mouth so opens gross up. right and they're t- 
tail is like a rat. They're like a giant rat. Yeah. Yeah. They're like rodents of unusual size in in real life. So, yeah, there are six possums in this house. (laughs) No No cats. cats. My brother and sister-in-laws are like, yeah, we picked up pet possums. We picked up little Freddy last week. We rescued him from under the garage (laughs) and he's in really good shape. He's, you know, been really cuddly. It's hard to tell if they're dead or just. I was just going to say playing dead all the time. Like, is he actually dead? No, I think he's just, he's good. He's been that way for. Go poke Rosie. Yeah. See if yeah. she's still up. She's, she's still good. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So yeah, it's a bad day in my universe too. Oh my I'm, gosh. I run screaming. So would you make an house. effort to try to like uh, learn to like possums? I think I would or have to just forsake them. No, I think I would have to switch to a different animal. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to become a dog person like yeah. immediately. Possums yeah. are like if a rat tried to sneak into a cat convention yes. and had a really crappy costume. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like it's it's true. It did its best to imitate like the qualities of a cat. I tried, but it's still just a large. Still rat. terrifying. It basically applies to all three of these concepts. Right. Like we have yeah. like milk, the really poor imitation of coffee, coffee. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> TED Talks really, trying to imitate music. Really, yeah. really, really yeah. poor imitation. So everything is just adjusted to a degree south. Right. Like just, just these yeah. little things bad. got slightly worse. <laughs> oh, no. But nobody else knows. Yeah. Kara doesn't like milk. possums. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Jeez. What's Jeez. her Let's problem? Kill. I know. She's an iguana person. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to yelp the world where we rate anything because you're dying to know our opinions about everything. Right? This is literally the most exciting thing that I've ever seen. I, like Anson, uh, talked about him taking on the monumental yeah. task <laughs> of reviewing COVID-19. Oh my goodness. I've been waiting for this. So wow. I will say. Since the pandemic began. Yes. <laughs> Isaac's official review. Yes. Time. It's about to drop. <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> Had all of us inside for like what eight months, almost a full year. Yeah, everyone <sighs> changed their work environment. Yeah, I'm not going to review the Deep whole. Like, everyone yeah. heavy side. My rating overall for COVID nineteen as an experience like negative three hundred million stars. Like not <laughs> yes. good. Any redeemable qualities that came out of it? Like oh, we spend more time at home together. We were worried about dying while we did that. Like I was at home. Comfortably in my jammies working. Yeah. But also, I really hope I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> Any relief brought about that was completely chopped at the knees by the existential dread that was going on. I feel like then that would be like, you no. know, negative 299 stars. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's like, yes, there was like this very slight, like yeah. one star bump here. <laughs> But matched up against fear of dying. I was agoraphobic <laughs> for yeah. an entire year. Uh, what I again? That, like, I mean, uh, if you're going to be point. afraid of dying at home, would you want to be wearing pajamas? <laughs> my, <laughs> yes. listen, yes. I wore through a pair of my slippers last year. Nah. The little toe bean part came wow. off. It, it came off because I just, I wore slippers yeah, for an entire year. I'm wearing socks and sandals now because I cannot go back to lace up shoes. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with it. Slippers. Ruined him forever. No, but I think, though, that we're heading into the season specifically where last year we had the holiday season with COVID and it was relatively obvious and sort of easy to be like, hey, I'm going to stay home. I can't. We're not going to do a big thing. This year, it's kind of like that double reality thing where people are going like, 
you're not going to come to our 50 person party in this two bedroom house. Like <laughs> you don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, uh, not really. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that under normal times. But like <laughs> now I'm kind of like, I don't know. This current season is kind of hard. And if I can yeah. be serious, like this season coming out of COVID, but also like getting these reminders from left field of like the variant is happening and you have to now like keep tabs on that yeah. while you're trying to make holiday plans. It's just Bree and me and our animals. I can't imagine what a parent is going through right now, like oh trying gosh. to navigate schools and all the different like rules and stuff. Me neither. I think right now we're in definitely like a point five star out of five star seasons right now because mm-hmm. it's just a difficult time, I feel like. Yeah. I agree. It just stinks. Yeah. Like, it the, does. Whole, the whole thing has stunk. There's no yeah. finality. I think the closest we got and we're going to get are like different states, like maybe lifting mask mandates. Like we're not right. going to get a big it's over party. I know. And that's what's so weird about it. It's like you can't really stop feeling the feelings and grieving it because you don't there's no when is it over yeah no yeah there's no finality it's easy i think for us to like sit back and say like all right well you have these people on like this real extreme that Mm -hmm. are going to take these steps and these people on this extreme that are going to take these steps there's so much room then in the middle there and especially as things do start to continue to get more normal or whatever that looks like now what how do you decide like i'm still in this phase even now where i'm like okay i'm going into this room inside to go to use the restroom for like two seconds do i put a mask on do i not do i do this do i not like Uh like i mean you're confronted by the reality of it with all of these little micro decisions Decisions. yeah and no matter which side you come down on we're all over all of it yeah like nobody wants to be dealing with it anymore and it's like when is it going to be over is not even a a really like i think we're all realizing that's a question that can't really be answered right which makes it stink more yeah Yeah. because i don't know if you guys ever remember like maybe as a kid or something like there's you know, like a tornado warning or right. like some sort of like significant event tornado warning. You all go down to the basement and you like hang out down there. And it's kind of scary because you're like, yes. oh, my gosh, what if a tornado hits our house? Like That'd be terrifying. Yeah. But then it's also like kind of fun. because yeah. It's like we brought some drinks downstairs and we're yeah. eating some marshmallows and we're we hanging a flashlight out. And, yeah. And, we're going to like yeah. maybe sleep in our sleeping bags for a little bit. And yeah. like at least we're doing it together. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was a little bit of that feeling at the beginning of the pandemic for like, like a week. Yeah. It's I like, was going to yeah, say it wasn't not very for long. long. Yeah. But like that very brief period of like, yeah. All right. Well, this is hard and this is going to be bad, but we can do it together. Yeah. Right. But the thing is with the tornado warning is like it's over then. Right. Yeah. And then you go back upstairs and then everything's fine again. Yeah. Like So it was like that, except for then it just stretches into like weeks There's... and weeks and months and years. Yes. With yeah. the sirens blaring in your ears <laughs> right. the whole and, time. And then now people are kind of going like, well, maybe it's safe to go back upstairs and maybe it's not. Or right. maybe yeah. you can. Or different. Haven't heard the that guy's clear. like, well, I'm going back upstairs. So I'm tired of being down here. And someone else is like. Well, that's a terrible. You have to stay down in the yeah. basement, like yeah, until they give us the all clear. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. And then everyone in between is like, "Well, I'm just going to run upstairs real quick for another drink." Yeah. Or like, yeah. <laughs> it's, we're in that space. That's a perfect analogy. I've not felt completely normal for like a year straight, oh, and yeah. I feel like I'm seeing the effects of that in my life. And mm-hmm. I'm also trying to extend a lot of grace because I think that there's a lot of five star people. And we've been in a zero star situation for like a year and a half now. Yeah. So that's made us get a little scratchy and behave Mm. a little bit more prickly. Mm. That's been my word today is behaving prickly. Like you're just like, Uh I feel like everyone's just so clearly been on edge. And I hate that so much. So like... (laughs) Mm. COVID-19 as a whole, negative 299.5 stars. <laughs> like you said, like the, the jammy point, like the half jammy point. Half, you still got to wear pajamas. Yeah. 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 
This episode of the Ridley Real Podcast is brought to you by Heinz, creators of the groundbreaking Mayo Must Barber Ranch Up. With this special sauce, Heinz has helped hundreds of people overcome condiment fatigue. Their soft scientists have been hard at work improving the formula for Mayo Must Barber Ranch Up, now with added Polynesian, hot sauce, soy sauce, tartar sauce, and horseradish. Or try the new low pulp version. Here's perfectly with your turducken. Try Heinz Mayo Must Barber Ranch Up today. Okay. Why choose just one when you can have them all? Plus one of the show where we learn from others because we need all the help we can get. The whole pleasure of being a human is in being stupid, but learning to be less stupid together. We are very excited to have Justin Rizanowski joining us on the show. Justin is the chaplain here at Real FM. You may remember if you're a longtime listener of the Really Real podcast, an episode that we did a couple of years ago now on the topic of doubt and deconstruction. Mm. Deconstruction in particular is a really interesting word. It's something that's begun to come up a lot. It's really this idea of examining your faith under a microscope mm. to understand what we believe and why we believe. There have been several pretty high profile examples of people doing this. Audrey Assad is someone that comes to mm -hmm. mind, a former Christian music artist that's kind mm -hmm. of gone through a journey like this. Josh Harris is mm -hmm. another one that I think of. People who have taken a step back and said, all right, I want to go back and re-examine some of my assumptions about faith, maybe that I've had since childhood. Is this really what I believe or is this something that I've just inherited? Mm -hmm. From a Christian perspective, ideally, you do this investigation, you tear mm -hmm. it all apart and then you get down to the very core and maybe you find Jesus there and you go, aha, here's the foundation. Here's what all this is built on. There you are. And then it's solved, I guess. Yeah. And right. you go on your merry yeah. way. Yeah. That's kind of. maybe <laughs> how it turns out for some people, maybe yeah. not how it turns out for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And so we want to take a closer look and return to this topic, but specifically focusing on a very Fancy word. Yes. Yeah. Epistemology. Kara mm -hmm. and Isaac and I, as we uh, prepare for our guests to come on the show, one of the things that we do is we write out some questions so that, you know, we're not completely winging it. I want to turn it over to Kara here because I think she has perhaps my <laughs> favorite lead off question yeah. for an interview that I've seen in our show notes. Yeah. Yeah. I have written here epistemology. I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a big word. Yeah. A lot of us probably would have the same question that Kara has. So what the yeah. heck is epistemology? Everyone's just on the edge of their seat. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the second question that I think is very relevant to this next. Yeah. Uh, I would say epistemology. Epistemology in terms of philosophy is really the question, how do we know what we know? Mm. How do we investigate, study, explore knowledge itself? So Christian epistemology would be, what is the Christian take on how do we know what we know? Another fancy word, if you want another one, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. a theological method. What's your method for understanding and knowing God? Mm. There's different angles, but... For whatever reason, I'm passionate about that. <laughs> yeah. So theology is essentially knowledge of God. What do yes, we know about yes. God? Mm -hmm. Epistemology maybe could be defined as like, what do we know about knowing? Yes. One of the ways I've thought about it and I've heard it said is it's kind of the question before the questions. Mm. We all have an epistemology built, just whether or not it's a good one, reliable one, uh, sufficient or broad enough to take in yeah. this idea called truth or knowledge or reality. 
And so that's the question that I often don't hear being asked before all these other questions and deconstructions. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of going back to the very basics, mm-hmm. the very basics about what can we know? How do we know that we know it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think that leads to this question, which I think you even kind of hinted at when you said everyone's on the edge of their seat. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Super excited. Epistemology. Yeah. This is, yeah, Yay. this is what I've been waiting for. Why does this matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there are some reasons why. It matters to me that have to do with my story, especially in college, this part of me woke up where there are big questions and and people are hearing things they've never heard before. And to come alongside people that I care about and say, how do we explore this? And I'm praying, I'm wondering, Jesus, meet us here somewhere. And I'm kind of fumbling around as a college student. As I'm doing that, I'm also finding Things like in communication research, which I kind of had a short stint in, where there's this dynamic that's really predictive of divorce. It's the demand withdrawal cycle where you have kind of a hard conflict, startup of the conflict, and then the other person in the relationship withdraws and you do that over and over Mm -hmm. again. Proverbs popped into my mind, a soft answer turns away wrath. I started seeing that was one of the first examples of these things actually work together truth over here is truth over here. Mm. And how does that help? How does that help me? How could that help others? And where else can I find this truth all over the place? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Presently, the dynamic of even whenever you're saying a couple of those, those names, if I let myself, I would cry. It's very grieving to me. And I wonder who's with them. My heart goes out to people that are deconstructing their faith, asking questions. It's valid, like you were saying before. But then whenever you're down to the foundation, where do you build from there? Deconstruction by definition is a negative process. Mm -hmm. You're taking things away. So what would be the reconstruction process where you put things back together or new things that you didn't have before that are more helpful than the things that you took away, that kind of thing. And so it matters to me because I've witnessed people that I care about go through that process. And in caring for them, I go through my own process. Yeah. You know, like I'm asking questions that I didn't ask before Mm. and trying to care for this person or come alongside them. Now I have this new idea or resource or scripture that I hadn't thought of applies here that so often helps or just even the word that comes to mind is relieves people like, Maybe it doesn't answer all the questions, but this helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is good. And I I would have been a little lost without this. One of the things that accompanies this journey of trying to determine what we know is a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Because what if you like go down this path with a good intention, like you've seen other people do, and mm -hmm. you arrive at that same conclusion? Mm -hmm. You've brought yourself to unbelief. And who would want to do that? So you can almost clam up and say, like, well, I'm just not going to question right. anything. I'm good. <laughs> like, it, it feels like at some point that's going to break down too, yeah, right? right? Like yeah. when things really start to get hard, it feels like ultimately that's not going to hold up either. Mm-hmm. So at some point in our lives, we're probably going to have to reckon mm-hmm. with our belief system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. I think what really helps is answering that question before the questions. <laughs> mm. Before the crisis hits. Yes. When those questions first start coming up, well, how am I going to engage this? And not to bury them and like put them somewhere and keep on going, but to listen to those as one of the sources of 
the theological method, that's experience. You listen to your experience. Is it the end all be all? No, there's lots of experiences out there in the world (laughs) and in history and all that. And yet I want to listen to those questions and then say, well, where do I go for for the answers? So something that I struggle with a little bit in this process is Mm -hmm. we have access to more information Mm -hmm. than we've ever had at any point Mm -hmm. in history, I would say. And that means more people's experience, more philosophers, more scientists, more everything. Mm-hmm. How in the world are you supposed to parse through all of that information and come out the other side with any confidence about your own stance? I mean, if you think about like, I don't know how many generations back, how they would answer the question, how do we know what we know? It wasn't as complex as it is now (laughs) Mm. because you have so much of this information at your fingertips Mm. and it's hard to discern what's true or false or in between. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of different sources of truth, I think ultimately that God has revealed himself. That's kind of the centerpiece. If you would picture a table, there's a centerpiece. God's revealed himself and he's spoken, but he's also revealed himself in all creation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's revealed himself in a very special way through the person and work of Christ. So there's the centerpiece. And then around this, you have this conversation going on, <laughs> which is like exegesis, mm-hmm. people who interpret the Bible, especially in the original languages, trying to hash things out. That's yeah. a voice to listen to. Theology, people that are trying to integrate and synthesize this knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. History, stuff has happened, not just history in the Bible, but historians in a broader way. That is a source of truth. Philosophy, asking good, reasonable questions and justifying things by logic and things like that. We can arrive at some measure of truth through that. Mm. Uh, Science, if God reveals himself in all creation, then you would want to check it out and check it out with something like the scientific method Mm -hmm. is a good idea. Yeah, Yeah. God can hold up to scrutiny. Yeah, and and whatever is true over there might be helpful in, in us understanding and knowing God. But then also culture is a source of truth. Arts, a lot of times they ask the questions that are tense that (laughs) maybe we don't know what to do with yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then here comes these other sources toward those questions. And then experience, my personal experience. Yeah. A long roundabout way of answering the question is to whatever degree I have these sources around me, these voices, I walk through that open-handedly. I do not pretend to be omniscient Mm -hmm. and that I'm ever going to be. That's something that's only for God. But there are some things that I can know. And I can steward what I know at this point. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I grab something else that's new. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I ignore something that just, that just sounds like white noise. I'm not going to go there. And and so we're really limited human beings. (laughs) That's part of our created nature. And so to try to break out of that Mm. is unwise and will produce anxiety. Why? Well, we're made in the image of God, but we're not him. And so we inherently have some limitations to our mind, our our feelings, our experiences, those kinds of things. And and yeah. that's not only okay, it's what he wants. Yeah. It's good. That's an interesting way to think about that yeah. that I've never really thought about before. Like we're not supposed to break through that wall. Right. And I always feel like I'm trying to. Like yeah. and we all are. Like I'm yeah. like, no, but yeah. I have to. Like I'm supposed to do that. And it it almost goes back to the garden, yeah. the tree of the knowledge mm-hmm. of good and evil. Like, no, I want to know all the things. Yes. Well, yeah. and I think that there's something attractive in these seemingly 
I don't think it's true, but the finality of deconstruction, mm. where at least you're arriving at, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Agnosticism, like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Like, you can kind of stop the process at that point mm. and focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you reach deconstruction and then you begin the lifelong process yes, lifelong of learning and contemplating God, mm-hmm. which is, I would say, objectively harder than just throwing yeah. your hands up and going like, I don't know. The one thing that we can know is that we don't know anything. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that you can turn that around in a positive way and go like, I can't ever fully know God, Mm -hmm. but isn't it cool that I get to spend, (laughs) like consciously Ah. make the call to chase that answer until I finally get it. That's the thing is like, we're limited human beings. We cannot know everything, period. I can't even know God if I try to reach up and grab him somehow with my mind or whatever information (laughs) or whatever philosophy, science, all this stuff that I got. But what if he has made himself known? That is the distinctive of the Christian religion. One of the many good news aspects of it (laughs) is he said, my name is God. Here's my story. Here's what I'm like. And so take all of these good questions and like pull them down and see how they sift through what we know. But, But also listen to him. He's introduced himself in very important ways. And that to me is so comforting. And it helps me say, I don't have to know everything he does. Right. And there's a really crucial distinction there of like, yes, I don't know everything, but I do know that God has given me some knowledge, like that God has revealed certain Mm -hmm. things to me. Yeah. And those things I can stand on confidently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a really big difference between the only thing I can know is that I can't know anything. Right. And I know that I can't know everything. Like, you know, those are two very different things, even if you just change that one word. We still need scripture because there is a unique revelation there. You said the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. That is an ancient, timeless image. Yeah. That in this modern conversation, we go back to and say, there's something true there. Maybe we don't even know what it is yet. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But in scripture right here, there is something to this. When we arrive at this place of stripping away some of these assumptions Mm -hmm. or inherited beliefs, you mentioned a foundation. And I think the the metaphor that comes to mind is this house that maybe has been dilapidated. And so now we're going to flip it, right? (laughs) And (laughs) got to renovate it. Right. We've ripped it down to just the foundation and the studs. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that place, what are then the foundational things Mm -hmm. that we would say, no, this is something that we can know Mm -hmm. with certainty. It's interesting with the people that we mentioned, I do wonder how they would respond to the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed at this point. That would be one of the places that I go. Those historical summaries, distillations of the main core message of Christianity Mm -hmm. and belief and faith. And that's called the regula fide, the rule of faith. That's a place that maybe I would start. Mm -hmm. Historically, this is the faith that has been passed down. And what you'll notice is there's a lot of things that we argue about today that are not on there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so it's like, if that's an issue for you, look at the creed with me. Let's look at this. Are you there? And I think people would be like, does that mean I'm a Christian? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Their head just starts spinning around like, wait, hold on. And that's the relief again. Yeah. Is like, that's the clarification that can be so helpful to to people is, 
yeah, but what about all these other issues that are, yeah, they're really messy and I don't know what I believe about them, <laughs> Yeah, but I know this. And by the way, those guys that wrote this stuff, like they were arguing about a bunch of that stuff too. Yes, like, yeah, totally. You know, but it was the really critical core mm-hmm. stuff and they were arguing about some of that also, but like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's part of why these were written, right? Mm-hmm. Is to say like, this is the foundation. This is where mm-hmm. we start from. There's a lot more, but that does seem like a really good place to start. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think, at least for me, it's really easy to lose that context of mm. the sheer number of people that have come before me yes. in Christian faith mm. who have wrestled with and worked through yeah. and grappled with all of the same stuff that I'm mm. grappling with. There's no new issues. Um, and, yeah. Like we morph them or change them or our culture mm-hmm. changes or whatever, but there's such a rich history. If you go back mm-hmm. through the Christian tradition of people struggling with stuff. Yeah. Uh, to me, it kind of takes away some of that anxiety and fear mm-hmm. when I realize like I am far, far, far from the first person mm-hmm. to struggle with all of these weighty right, things. Right. Mm-hmm. There might be a faulty hyper individualism here too. Is like, I've got to stand on my own two feet. Mm. No, I'm going to stand on someone's shoulders. I'm not strong enough. Yeah. (laughs) Like you said, human history has been going for a while. (laughs) I mean, how are you going to improve on something like the creation story? Mm -hmm. There are things in there that are so deep and rich. Mm -hmm. They've stayed around for a while, by the way, millennia. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I'm not going to throw that out. Maybe I have a new philosophical question I haven't wrestled with, Mm -hmm. but I can hold these together and keep on, like Isaac was saying, this lifelong journey of knowing God, knowing truth and what he wants me to know for the purpose of not just knowing stuff or feeling better, but to love him and love others. You Mm -hmm. know, knowledge is supposed to serve a purpose Mm -hmm. um, that's beyond myself and my own knowing. Yeah. And so that's important too, I think. I think it's also comforting, like you brought up earlier, unlike any other religion, if God made himself known, was like, let me help you out because your brain is tiny and this is going to be a little much for you. So Mm -hmm. here you go. Here's what you need to know seems like he probably will help us in that process, that lifelong journey as well. Yes. Like if he showed us this part, he'll probably keep showing us stuff. <laughs> right. Our tiny human brains can't handle all at once. Yeah. He's good. He's yeah. kind. When John Calvin, you know, one of the reformers talked about revelation, he said, God condescends to us. He bends down to us mm. the way that a mother who is nursing coos at her little baby. Mm. That's a better illustration of knowing things. (laughs) Mm. It's real. It's personal. Mm. It also says he does have to dumb it down, Mm -hmm. but he cares. Right. It makes me think about a parent with their child. Like I've seen Mm -hmm. Anson with his girls or I have nieces and nephews and you change the way that you talk to them. But it's not because you are condescending toward them. It's not because you don't love them. It's because you do. It's like, I want to take care how I present this to yeah. you yeah. because I, I don't want wanna... you to know me. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's so funny that you guys use that word condescension because in like the modern context right. to the modern definition yeah. of that word, Put it's down. a very negative term. That's what right? I was thinking. Yeah. It's like when I condescend to someone, it's I act like I'm better than them yeah. and I patronize yeah, them. Yeah. But in that context, condescend huh. simply means to To come down to another person's level, that can be a very positive, helpful thing. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes I think we get that same confusion in our relationship with God. We think of his relationship to us as condescending in the negative sense of like, does he really care? Maybe that is really one of the foundational questions of all of this, because if I can't say yes to that, then what's the point? What's the point of all the rest of it? Mm -hmm. Right. If I can't trust that 
God cares about me. If I think that he's condescending to me in a negative way, Mm -hmm. right? I'm just some puny little human that is bothering him or something that he has to deal with. That's a very different picture than the positive condescension Mm -hmm. of saying, I am a big God. I am all those things that are frankly kind of terrifying, but also I love you so much Mm -hmm. and care about you so much that I'm willing to come down to Mm -hmm. your level Mm -hmm. and be with you and have a relationship with Mm -hmm. you. I just think that word is such a good like Mm -hmm. kind of microcosm example Mm -hmm. of this tension that we feel about our relationship with God and what we know of it. And it's also a good example of reframing a word. Mm. It's actually like an older frame, which is awesome, you know, for the purpose of our conversation, but also it kind of turns what we say on its head. And that's what the gospel does. That's what God does again and again. And I think that those experiences you're talking about, again, I picture this table. Who else has had this experience? Maybe it could be presently in terms of conversation and things like that, but it could also be historically. Mm-hmm. Who else has wondered if God cared? How have they come through it? You could go to scripture and like, what does that look like in terms of suffering experiences and does God care? And how would I know that or history or, you know, those are good places to begin to explore these different voices around the table to fill out that I'm not basing this knowledge, this truth only on my experience. That's a starting place. Yeah. There's something there. But when I think of how redemptive and how valuable suffering has been in so many lives, Christian Mm -hmm. or non-Christian, but then if you look at the Christian voices, like it's paradoxical, but there it is. And sometimes listening to someone else's story helps bring those things out. And you're doing theology. You think you're just listening to someone's experience, but you're doing theology. Yeah. yeah. It's not the end all be all. Read a Bible verse about suffering too. And, you know, look at Jesus. God loved him. God cared about him. He went through this. Why? You know, like those are deep, rich questions that you can explore through a variety of different voices around this truth table. One more thing that I'm kind of curious for your take on, again, as I think about some of these stories I've read of other people deconstructing their faith. Yes. One of the themes that I feel like I often hear is I am having a hard time reconciling my belief system, what I thought to be true about God with the ways that my mind is being changed Mm -hmm. by the Mm -hmm. values and importance of like what the culture is talking about. You know, I am hearing certain messages from culture about the importance and value that we ought to place on women Mm. or the importance and value that we ought to place on racial justice. Mm. But then I go back in scripture and I see things, at least based on their face value, that seem to contradict some of these values Mm -hmm. that I think are good values. There's some stuff in the Old Testament that bothers me, right? Or there's values in our modern culture. Incompatible. Yeah, are incompatible or incongruent with Mm -hmm. some of what I see in Scripture. If I believe that both of these things are true, how do I stitch them together? Well, fortunately, I have all the answers. Uh, That's why I asked. That's why we brought you in today, actually. That's a relief. We're going to get so many downloads on this episode. Title just the answers. Epistemology, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I can't wait. We're going to title the podcast episode, The Answers. The Answers. You mentioned like, where would a person start? And I kind of talked about the regular fee day. The mm-hmm. next thing I would say is start reading through the Bible cover to cover over and over and over and over again. There is something about that that changes. Um, it changed me. It's been one of the most influential things because in the Bible, you start realizing how often God's people 
are being criticized, convicted of not being like God's people. That's a central theme in the whole story. <laughs> you're not being who you're called to be. Mm-hmm. Like how many times is that said in the whole Bible? Like yeah. over and over. Like this is a human struggle, you know? That. A lot still... of time was spent in the desert. Yeah. Like I mean, pick your place in the Bible. It's there, you know? It's true. And so we're finding ourselves the way that we've always been found. Now what? There are some things to do, mainly repentance. <laughs> To turn and say, I was thinking this way, I'm going to think this way. I was behaving this way, and I'm going to behave this way. And there's an individual repentance, but communities at large can repent. And so that's one thing that I would say. But also, just because you might take some things that seem to make you uncomfortable and put them together with a cultural issue might not be the last word. Because if you read the Bible through again and again, you would see, wait, this is an issue over and over again. God's people not being like God's people. (laughs) He says, no, stop that. Do something different. That's where some of this injustice kind of rises up Mm -hmm. in this call for justice is stop it. Do something differently. There's something true and real about that. But there's also history. One of my favorite figures in history is Martin Luther King Jr., We're born on the same day, as it turns out. A practice I've had over the years is listening to a sermon of his each year especially like letters from uh, Birmingham jail. Mm -hmm. Here's this Christian and he struggles like the rest of us in, in different ways, but here's this Christian writing to mostly white ministers that are against him. And he's using arguments from scripture and from the constitution and the, the bill of rights and different things like that declaration of independence. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, how are you still a Christian? If your main opposition is Christians, what I see in him is he dug deeper into Mm. his faith, Mm. deeper into scripture, deeper into his resolve and character and those kinds of things to speak against that. And he did it from the inside. He did the same thing as scripture does, like God's people, you're not being God's people. Let's turn around. Mm -hmm. And Mm. not only that, but he had this ethic of, loving your enemies Mm -hmm. and displaying that in this literally march for racial justice. He would be a a prime example of someone I see deepening their faith through terrible injustice and marching forward with faith and with an even stronger faith through that to the other side. For someone who says, okay, this is a really interesting conversation, maybe more interesting than I would have thought based on a word that I had no idea what it meant. (laughs) And if people want to explore this topic more, do you have any suggestions as far as like resources, Mm -hmm. whether that's books or authors or or things to think about for people to kind of take the next step on learning more about what we can know and how we can Mm -hmm. know it? Yeah, I would say just from a strictly Christian perspective initially is look at the creeds distill it down. Start reading through the Bible cover to cover. No one has to do that just because I said, but I I think it's really valuable because you see the Bible on its own terms saying, look at creation, look at Christ. Truth is in these different places. It's in people who are far from God or those close. And then um, I have a book here by Glenn Kreider and Michael Spiegel. That's an awesome name. That is an awesome name. And the title is even more exciting. Okay. Uh, A Practical Primer on Theological Method. Okay. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) 
But they're the ones that have that table imagery Mm -hmm. of kind of revelation in the middle. And here are these other voices around and they come from one of the most conservative seminaries you'll find (laughs) in the United States. Mm -hmm. And this is what they say based on scripture. Mm -hmm. Here are all the sources of truth. They have this great thing that they mention, I think, near the end is table manners. (laughs) (laughs) So as you're having this conversation, just have good table manners with Mm. one another. Yeah. And I think that that's a good. um, I like that. And hopefully we've displayed that today that we can, you know, wrestle with things and talk about things, but do it in a way that's careful in the sense of full of care for one another, but also the importance of what we're talking about, you know. Mm Now it is time for fill in the blank. Instead of drawing a blank, we're going to fill one in here as we end the podcast. So after that conversation, one thing that I heard or realized that has made me more hopeful Mm. is. I think for me, it was realizing we are limited in our ability to understand. Like we can know things and that's a good thing, but also we're limited in what we can know. And it's designed that way on purpose. Like that's freeing because Mm -hmm. I always feel this overwhelming need to gain all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm failing until I do, (laughs) but realizing like, nah, God designed us this way and there's a reason for it, but I can still go on the journey of learning things with him, but there's freedom in it instead of I'm trying to reach this destination. Yeah. I'm not going to reach that point that's in my brain. I don't have to. I love that there is so clearly another side of deconstruction. Like mm. there's something on the other side after you've gotten your house to the studs that's and good. after you've torn down what's needed to be torn down, there is another place to go. Because I think that that's the scary part when mm-hmm. we talk about deconstruction is we mm-hmm. get a little bit nervous because what does it mean to tear down everything? Thankfully, there are things to build a house from. I think to build off of that, Isaac. The fact that that foundation exists, Mm -hmm. there is something Mm -hmm. to build on. I really appreciated that when I asked Justin about resources or places to go, his answer was really simple. There's a lot of great books and talks and philosophers and Mm -hmm. places that we can go. He described all of those different areas that we can kind of draw truth from. And all of that is really good. But I really liked where he went first, which was like back to scripture, Mm -hmm. back to the creeds, back to the basics, that foundation, those studs that has to be solid. If we're hungering and thirsting after truth, we can go back to those things, even if we've been there a million times before. Right. Like Mm -hmm. God can reveal more of who he is through his word. Mm -hmm. And that's really encouraging to me because I think sometimes I've been in a place where I feel like, frankly, pretty arrogantly, I've already gotten all I can get out Mm. of. Mm. this Bible story or this concept, because I've heard it all a million times before. There's still a lot of room to grow. And God has revealed to us some really clear places for us to go Mm. to do that. All right. It's time to go to our uh, national security briefing. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. We hope that this break from the terrifying nature of daily news broadcasts and social media fighting has helped preserve your fraying sanity. Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, Joseph (laughs) O'Reilly.